It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. With your host, the cool dude laying down the fresh beats for today's generation. And America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey coach, here's another one I think you're going to love today. We talked with a coach who wanted to call in, ask questions about summer recruiting and then also some things that relate to summer recruiting as he plans for his next recruiting class. So he was gracious enough to allow us to record the conversation. I think you're going to learn a lot from it. There are a few things that you may have heard before touched on in previous episodes, but uh, this coach, I found it very helpful, and I'm hoping you do too, as we maneuver through the summer months here as we record this podcast. And it also gives me just a, an opportunity and a real quick second, if if you would, before we get into the episode, to remind you of the things that we do at Tudor Collegiate Strategies that could help Um and it, a variety of different things from really large to really small ways that we can impact you and your program. And I don't talk about this much. And I just wanted to take a second to remind everybody about what we do. In addition to the podcast, which you listen to for free, we're glad you do. Lots of episodes you can backtrack on and, and re-listen to, which will be helpful. But if you're interested in kind of taking your program to a new level or just learning yourself, there's a lot of different resources that we offer so number one, I'm going to start sort of with the most in-depth and work my way down, is we work with coaching staffs and their programs individually to help them manage, create, and execute their recruiting messaging. That's one of the most in-depth things that we do. It takes up most of our time with our staff and our daily life at Tudor Collegiate Strategies. We work uh, at this time right now as I'm recording this with uh, a little over 700 programs around the country. So you're probably competing with somebody who's using us. And I will say we are very, very good at what we do. We take a very methodical research-based approach in coming up with a strategy for each client. It is not expensive. And I just wanted to mention that if you're interested in talking about that, you can find more information at dantutor.com. Just go to the recruiting link and uh, you'll be able to find out more about what we do. And we can certainly talk one-on-one or put you in touch with staff that would be specific to your sport, your area of the country and that type of thing. But um, we're really proud of that work too. And it's, it's a passion of ours. So I always like to talk about it when given the chance. You can also bring us in or your department can bring us in to host a workshop. We also, during, especially during the school year, uh, we travel around the country working with athletic departments for one or two or three days to help teach them recruiting skills, help teach them what athletes are actually wanting out of the process. We go through a lot of research. We do specific research at their schools. And so... It's a time where we really really zero in and a lot of these topics that you like that we talk about that are broader because we're speaking to a wide variety of coaches and sports and division levels, this gets zeroed in specifically to your school based on your recruited student athletes and what their feedback is to you. And then we teach from it and it's highly successful. It's one of the most fun things that we do. I love getting out to campuses around the country as does the rest of our staff spending time with all of you face-to-face. So that's another thing that we have that um, that you can access. You can go to the workshops tab on the dantutor.com website and get more information about that as well. 
if you're into something more self-learning, you don't want to um, you know, spend a lot of money. You don't want to be zeroed in on a specific time frame to do it within two great resources. Um, Tudor University, which again, you can find on our main website, just click the Tudor University tab, is a self-guided online learning segment that is, uh, we get so much good feedback on that from coaches. And they really say, this helped me establish even some Longtime coaches who thought they were doing the right things in recruiting have said, this really changed the way I approached it. I understand a lot more. It helps me. Everything's very simple. Um, that is learn as you go, very low, low monthly investment while you're doing it. Um, and that's something that you might want to check out too. Uh, also on the dantutor.com website is Honey Badger Recruiting. That is our, our special resource blog where we go into – all the most interesting, deepest level uh, talks on um, on recruiting as it as it's unfolding. So we did a lot of stuff during the pandemic that helped coaches almost in real time, day by day, to understand what they should be doing differently. Uh, we save all of that best stuff for uh, for this site that we that we um, that we devote a lot of time to. It was originally designed for our clients. We wanted to give a special insider look for our clients on some of the most relevant information we felt could help them win in their recruiting battles. But since we've opened it up to any coach who wants to subscribe, again, very low monthly subscription, you have thousands and thousands of pages of, uh, of resources, training. Um, you get to sort of see screenshots, uh, of of text message exchanges between coaches and prospects as we work out their issues. Really interesting site that people like. So those are two things that you can do as well. Also on this website, uh, you can go and just go to the shop. A lot of great books that have helped coaches over the years. We also have our complete uh, National Collegiate Recruiting Conference video series logged where you can log in, uh, get the downloads, and watch at least 50 plus hours of recruiting material and instruction that is so helpful because that is something that happens year to year and is always talking about the most relevant, most current topics. Um, what's up there now is fantastic. So that's another great way to learn. If you didn't want to spend anything, uh, we have our blog that is tied also to the newsletter that we put out every Tuesday for coaches around the country. You can just go to the blog on the website, and there are well over a 1,000 articles that go back for almost 20 years. Great training, great research, all very relevant, and that is free to interact with. And you can also email me. A lot of coaches, I have, surprisingly to me, are surprised that they can just email and we'll have a conversation. That's how today's guest contacted us. He sent an email. I talked with him, and we uh, wanted to get together. So my email is dan at dantutor.com. You can email me and ask a question. Would love to help. So that's a great lead in to this conversation with this coach who had a lot of questions about summer recruiting, as I mentioned, and what to do and some other things that sort of sprung from that. So I hope you enjoy listening to it and hope it helps. Coach, here it is. I have all these athletes that I know of, a lot of different ones. People had interest, especially when I first took the job, because I represented like 120 athletes as a college promoter person. Well, everybody was contacting me. And at first it was good, but it became a problem. Two, two problems I'm trying to hopefully help solve is number one, we we're doing way too many visits and uh, we we're having a tough time filtering really genuine interest 
and as far as that goes to, um, because my theory was, hey, the more business I have, well, it's a great amount of players, kind of like with sales, going back to sales background, like, hey, we have a lot of visits. Well, if I have 10 visits, one of these D1 type kids is going to come here, you know. But the problem is, going back to your theory on, it was overwhelming to my players, because the best thing from what I've read in your books is the players are the biggest part of the visit. And they get overwhelmed and they don't want to really give a good visit because they're having to do them all the time. Right. I don't get overwhelmed. I'm okay doing all the visits, but my players can't do a good job of entertaining them because they're trying to do so many. Right. So, uh, so that's kind of question. And then timetable for, okay, so we're top, we're one of the top programs in the country in NAI. So we're trying to get high level D2, low D1 kids that are fits for a conservative Christian school. Um, and yeah, trying to think anything else with that, but trying to get kids at a high caliber that want to come to our exact fit, but not wasting our time in the process. To, like, I don't know, trying to, when do we start recruiting too? Cause a lot of times I'm trying to go almost too early, but I don't want to wait too late too, you know, cause some people, I shouldn't say they take a lazy approach, but a lot of my competitors, they wait till really late in the process to recruit kids. Cause then they don't even have to do all this stuff. They're just like, Hey, they throw an offer out. The kid comes cause they have nothing else. So anyway, just walk me through anything you can help for our level my situation there. Hey coach, it's Dan. I'm interrupting the podcast just for a second. As I start to give my answers, we discovered an audio problem that made parts of it kind of hard to understand as I talk in the recording. Don't know what happened. We didn't know it at the time, but I just wanted to let you know that if you're hearing that on the podcast, it's not you, it's us. And uh, you know, it's mostly understandable, but just wanted to let you know that we're aware it was uh, a problem during recording. So with that being said, here we go. So so the first, I'll, I'll answer the second question first. Okay. And then by the yeah. time I answer it, you may need to repeat the first question. <laughs> okay. But, but so I think, if, if, so we have to make a choice. Do we go earlier? Do we go later? And I'm always going to choose earlier versus later because the coaches who wait later, um, you know, what we're seeing now in which with the economy, the way it is money being such a focus, um, a lot of these families, a lot of the, the parents, of the kids that you're going to be talking to are like, say for the, for, uh, the next two classes are starting to trying to figure out who are we going to take seriously? So when recruiting starts and I hear from eight or nine or 15 schools, however many, depending on how good I am. Right. I, I'm, I'm looking at how do I whittle that down as soon as possible? Because we can't, you know, it's fun to hear from all these schools, but then from a practical standpoint, we can't go visit 15 schools. Right. So who are we going to whittle it down? Well, if I decide to wait and that family has whittled it down to their four and they're going to go deep into the process with those four and they're going on visits, they're talking to the coach, everything's going good. And I'm, I'm moving through the process and number 16 pops onto the radar. Hey, you know, we're, I know it's late, but we have money. Then make a decision of in as a parent, as an athlete that's getting recruited is do I want to consciously make the decision to go all the way back to the beginning of the process? When I'm already tired of the process, I'm ready for this to be over. Do I want to now go back to the beginning and start over with somebody new? I think 10, 15 years ago, the answer would have been, yeah, bring it on. Let's see if this is a good offer. And now we see this slow change where families, it's harder to get in late because um, 
I've just gone so far and so deep with the others. Now, look, percent of the schools out there that if that coach or that program calls, you know, maybe the day before I sign, if I'm a football player and I'm getting, you know, I'm about to commit to a D3 school and Alabama calls, <laughs> right? I'm probably going to go and say, <laughs> right, can come true. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. But 98% of the other situations out there. Right. It, it doesn't work. And so I'm going to, especially if I'm building a program, especially if I'm at a smaller school, right. Non big brand schools, then I'm going to say, I need more time. I need, I'm going to assume that they're coming into this discussion, not knowing anything about us. And if they do know something about us, it's going to be, you know, well, they're too small, not being, they can't offer me a full, whatever their thing is or whatever is at that school. I'm going to assume that. So I need more time to tell a story get to them that we want them to explain why this is going to be a good situation. And earlier always beats later. Now I say that always exceptions to the rule. I could pick up a kid late or, or one of my kids could get stolen late, but that's the exception to the rule. And what I see a lot of coaches doing is they'll say, Oh, well, yeah, I got I'm gonna start late because we four years ago got this great kid by recruiting him late and I didn't have to spend all the time with them. And they're taking this one off situation and now applying it to the whole recruiting cycle. And that does that's right. not an intelligent way to, to do it. So Okay. You could lose a kid late, yes, but it's rare. You could get yeah. a kid late, yes, but it's rare. And so if I'm gonna build a program, I'm gonna do it which is I need more time. I need to start earlier, get in, make sure I'm in that that whittled down group and right. move forward um, like that. Back to your first question about just yeah. um, the number of kids that you're recruiting and right. the, the wear and tear on, on your athletes. And I think you're 100% right that athletes have to be the ones invested in it. Um, one of the things that we know works is that I think you probably know is that freshmen leading the visit are, are the best um, freshmen. Okay. Maybe throw some sophomores in. I would not have uh, any juniors or seniors leading the visit, being the host. Uh, if we're talking about a high, an incoming high school senior you know, prospect or junior prospect, just because the age difference is, is too much and the, your yeah. juniors and seniors don't, they're not as excited about the process as they used to be. And so I want, I want the excitement. So yeah. one thing we've seen is that if you contain it to that younger group, about the time they're starting to get burnt out, well, now you don't have to do it anymore, but I want you to teach the incoming freshmen that we're bringing in how to do it. Yes. Now they're the ones that are fresh and energized. And the other thing is that benefit all this approach that we've discovered and we've heard back from coaches on is athletes that um, that are involved in um, you know the freshman class that comes in that we teach them how to recruit and now right off the bat day one they might be hosting a recruit they've been on campus for a whole week and they're now hosting a, a visit um, right. a lot of pushback on that because they would say well Wait a minute! That kid hasn't been here. They don't know our philosophy. They don't know where the where the and I turn it around because we hear the feedback from the student athletes is they're pumped up, they're excited, they're sort of big like, hey, I mean, this is cool. Now I get to be the big guy, 
uh, you know, the expert and I'm going to lead these, these high school kids. So it sort of gives them a sort of a, a puffed up feeling, which is good. Yeah. I think now they have a purpose in your program. They may not get on the field, on the court, in the pool, whatever the sport is. Right. And I'm important. I have a role. I have a purpose. It rosters, especially larger rosters, and I'm not going to play much this year. Maybe I'm a little bit reality set in. Like, wow, all these athletes are pretty good, and yeah, I, I don't know if I compete. Did I make a mistake? And I'm missing home, and all this stuff. If we roll, and now they have a purpose, and now they're in, and now that gets them through those tough first 12 to 24 months of, do I really want to be here? And um, that's one of the other, I think the benefits of it, non-recruiting side is that you get to keep your players longer because there's almost always a reduction in uh, player addition, kids transferring, leaving, dropping out of the sport. So that's that's sort of the, the dual-edged sword of it. Yeah. No, that's great. So, okay, so in basketball, at least NAI D2 level, um, D1 obviously recruits sometimes different. I mean, let's just be honest. They're starting with, what, 2027 at this point or something like that. Um, uh, We typically – what I've seen is a lot of the basketball coaches will go out in the summer and they'll watch spring and summer travel ball, and then they're going to try to bring them on visits in the summer which is horrible. I hate summer visits. And yeah. I know you, you feel the same way because there's no students around. It's a dull campus. Um, but the problem I find with the timeline is a lot of decisions seem to be made in basketball kind of early fall. And so you've got this really limited window where everybody's getting these visits. What is kind of your solution for that? How do you make sure they still get to be with your athletes? How would you tweak maybe the timeline of things? What kind of what are some feedback you have on that? Well, so if, if I look around, I mean, there's there's the theoretical part of, of how we approach things that sometimes is trumped by reality. And so right. if the reality is, I mean, if, if a coach, you or any coach that's listening to this, if they're saying, well, you know, a lot of my competitors that I'm losing to, if a recruit commits to somebody else, I know they're doing summer visits. And here's what they're, you know, they're getting these kids on campus earlier than I am. My reaction to that, just like if you're if you're watching a game unfold on the court and you see something happening that maybe you didn't practice for, it's not a part of your plan, but they're doing it and you got to make an adjustment mid-game even though you don't want to or didn't plan to, you got to yeah. do it. This might be one of those times. So if I'm going to do a summer visit, what I'm probably going to constrict it to is um, very business-like. It's me and the athlete, me and the the family, the prospect, as the coach, leading them around, um, showing them just a, a little bit of campus, not a lot, just you know, okay. short, short campus over there, here, there, you know, just point, show them the facilities, and the rest of the time is me in my office, or if my office isn't that great, someplace on campus that would be a nice place to sit and talk for an hour. Yeah, the program. What we liked about you know them when we saw them there at, at that tournament that we scouted them at. Um, what are the next steps? And have that conversation about you know just the program and and keep it very yeah. like very sports specific. Because okay. to your point, the kids are on campus. Campus is low right. energy, and we just don't. There's not a lot of point in spending a lot of time to that. I would point out when they're on campus that. 
usually it's packed with kids. It's really fun. Right. Obviously, everybody's out. So this is, you know, you're sort of seeing things empty. Yeah. Um, and, and the other part is that when, before that visit ends, I'm going to tell them, I may, I'm probably going to say this at the beginning of the visit, this is your first of two visits. So you're here now in the summer. It's great. Before we leave here, we're going to pick a time where you come back to campus in the early fall to be around our, our, our team, get you a real feel of campus. Um, how does that sound? Yeah, it sounds great, Coach. Okay, so into the meeting. Let's pick a couple of weekends to choose from. I got this one or this one. Which one's best? Let's yeah. Do this one, Coach. Now, could they change their mind? Sure. But I want to go as far as I can in guaranteeing that they come back to campus, that they understand it's not – uh, asking them, well, it'd be great if you got back to campus in the fall. We'd really love to have you. No, you're right. coming to campus in the fall. And, right. August and, and 2nd. Like, we can't wait to have you here. Yeah. Exactly. And then say, well, hold on, coach. we got to check things. I mean, they have, a, they have a right to fight back and to not do it, but I want to lead them and just go with the assumption that this is the first of two visits. Yeah. But then on that visit, of course, it's more of a normal campus visit. Now they've been there twice and um, – yeah, I think also, you know, there's going to be from them that you are, um, that you're serious about them. If, you know, I, I want at least them to walk away knowing that we're serious about them coming back because they're a serious prospect. And that that tends to come across when um, you. So timeline with the offer, as far as money goes, I take this a two part question here, kind of. Um, so let, let's we're getting this picture in mind. I like your idea there of the two part. Um, before I took over the program, the old coach, he was old school. He recruited probably late in the process. Um, he gave a two week deadline. Anytime you came in. You've got two weeks, the offer's yours. And then, you know, you'd have to at that point call us and let us know, you know, basically, hey, is the money still there? It might change. Uh, we've kept it kind of that way. And I'm trying to figure out what way we want to do it. Our way, I tell people, is you have two weeks that it's yours for sure. You know, it's definitely after that, it becomes like kind of like in real estate. It's a multi-offer situation. Other people might have the offer too. You just have to... You, it may be yours, it may not. I, I say it this way. It's a lot, probably what a lot of other schools have. And you don't even know you're in a multi-offer situation a lot of times, right. but that's what it kind of enters into. But with what you're saying with the second visit, would you tell them, hey, you've got this offer until this visit? Or how does that work um, in, in your, your thinking? So this gets, you know, right to the core of the whole, you know, timeline, deadline discussion. Right. And, um, the, the thing that we know is this, that if, okay. if I'm a, a basketball player, cause that's your sport right. and I'm hearing a coach say you're guaranteed for two weeks after that, you know, other people could, could jump in. Um, what I'm immediately thinking is, oh, okay. Well, he wants me to sign in two weeks, but uh, it's going to be there afterwards. I, right. You know what? I'll, I'll risk it because I'm talking with enough schools. It'd be nice to keep them on my list. Uh, no hurry, though, because they're going to wait for me. That's, I think, what they think of. Okay. Because they're pretty smart about the process. I mean, they've got yeah. club coaches telling them the same thing. They've got high school coaches telling them the same thing. Right. Other other players on their travel ball team, whatever it is, they're, they're yeah. smart about the process. Yeah. That. 
if I'm a coach, I'm probably going to take a different approach. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the way that we define it is that, so from the start of the process, they know when the start is. I need to define when the end of the process is. So let me just ask you a question. Yeah. Let me rephrase it before I phrase it. Uh, when do you want to be done recruiting? That that is realistic, but also a little bit aggressive. Just in your in your scope of of the the programs you compete with, when when do you want to be done recruiting it with a class? We typically have aimed for and are done usually by September October. We usually do signings in October uh, for our kids which NAI, we can sign anytime, but we typically like to have them done before their senior year starts. So there's no pressure on them. We have chosen in general, we do not go out as much during our season. I have a limited staff. I always tell them this in the process too, like during your high school season, you focus on your ball. We're going to focus on our team. Like we don't spend as much time out recruiting. We have players come to games and we have people on our campus, but we don't get out because that means I can't be at practice with our current team. Right. And so, and even when you're a player here, you're going to want your coach to be focused during the season on the current squad versus, Oh, our coach isn't even at practice and we got a big game tomorrow, but he's out recruiting the next class, you know? Right. So we typically October, September, usually. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm going to then say, you know, let's just say we're going to be wrapped up with recruiting late September, early October ish. That's yeah. when that's when we know we're going to be wrapping up. Okay. So I've now given them that timeline. I've said, here's the beginning. We're talking to you whenever we're starting to talk to you. The end is the end for everybody, late September, early October. Okay. Um, the prospect, does that sound fair? Mom, dad, does that sound fair? I think it does. Yeah, coach. Well, that's nine months from now. We'll be able to make that decision. Right. And so we go through the process and you're, you know, normal recruiting. When or what you offer, you offer them when you want the athlete. So the timeline is just the, basically the sidelines of the game. So just think of those as they're set sidelines. You have the right to sort of take the shot anytime during the game uh, while, if you're in bounds. And, um, or if the, you know, maybe we should say it's a, you know, the clock is set. It's a predefined clock that when the game, the buzzer sounds, game's over, no more shots. Right. For some athletes, you need some time. I'm not sure if they're quite good enough. I need to wait to see how their footwork develops. So I'm going to wait. I'm not going to. I'm going to recruit them, but I'm not going to ask them to commit. There's a whole set of different prospects that, as we're talking right now, you know, for the next class, I want him. I, I right. want that athlete, and does, I don't need to watch him again. I will, but right. I know they're good enough. So exactly. my qualifier usually is for a coach when you have decided in your mind, I want him. Or if you take your list of prospects, there's a certain number that if they texted you right now during our call, our conversation, and they said, hey, coach, just was thinking about it, let you know I'm in, I want to be there, let right. me know what I'm doing fist pumps. No yeah. So for any of those kids that you're thinking about right now, that's who I ask right now. But Dan, we haven't really communicated much. They haven't been to campus. They don't know what their, you know, FAFSA, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. um, when you want them, I want to ask. 
because two things. I want to be the first one to ask, just like I want to be the first one to be, you know, early recruit them. So want them to know that it well, first of all, that's proof that you are that serious. So yeah. for a for a non big brand school, the ninety eight percent of schools out there, right? Um, I need something to establish my brand. And if my brand is we're the team that wants you the most, um, I mm. so they might you ask them to commit they might say, wow coach thanks that's awesome for you're the first one that's really cool but i still want to take these visits i want to great no problem i just want to let you know we want you um i've decided i want you um we want you to come take a visit here that's no problem that might be the next next step in this um but don't be surprised if i ask you again because we've decided we want you yeah the, the athlete Say your program, your school is not at the top, in the top ever top three or whatever they're going to narrow this down. But now you ask, and there's money involved uh, in AI school. And now there's something more in it. Okay, by asking now maybe we go take the visit to your school because we need to take you seriously because you've put it out there that you're serious about us. So right. that's the other thing that drives the process forward. And you know, every once in a while, you're going to get a kid who knows they want to play there, looking for that type of school, that type of environment, that location, all the things. It's all going to match up, and they'll commit early. Yeah. Majority, but you're going to get some that will commit way, way earlier than you expect. Right. Um, so what you don't do, by contrast, is what a lot of coaches do is, I know I need to be wrapped up, you know, uh, uh, Late, uh, I'm forgetting. Oh, late September, early October. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's when I'm going to ask everybody. At the end right. of no, because if they say no, now what do you do? Exactly, that's the problem. Yeah. Now you have to say, okay, well, we okay, we'll give you, we'll give you more time. That's well. The second you do that, then now I have all the time in the world, and now I walk around with your offer in my back pocket. So. We want to let them know we're done. We're going to be wrapping up at you know at end of September, early October of your senior year. So we have to go through these steps. When October second rolls around and we still don't have a decision, I need to let them know. So do you want the offer or not? We want you here. Are you ready to commit? If their answer is, "Hey, coach, I thought I was going to be able to, but these other two schools have popped up, and my high school coach is telling me this. I just want to wait till my season gets started, or halfway through, or I decided I want to wait till after my senior season." My reaction should be, "Okay, so you don't want the scholarship, is what you're saying?" No, no, coach, I want it. You're in my top five. I really like the school, but I just can't make my decision now. Yeah, but we're wrapping up. Right. So, what I'm encouraging a coach to do, what I'm encouraging you to do, is yeah. to move fast to that line mm -hmm. and make them been fair. It's not like we're pressuring them. We gave them 9, 12, 15 months to go through this process and make the decision. And even right. if it's four, four months, five months, that's still a long time and right. pretty much have defined um, the, uh, the, defined the program, defined what they think about it. Uh, because what we know is if they go through that process and we're requiring a yes or no decision and they finally get around and say, well, coach, yeah, I, I can't decide. So, yeah, no thanks. I'm going to just take my chances. What we know is that they were never going to come and play for you. Yeah. It's likely that they would. They loved having you in the back pocket. 
Um, right. They love being on Instagram and saying, I'm blessed to receive another offer from yeah. coach's program. And uh, right. But that doesn't do anything for us as, as program builders. That's I right. think I want to be there. And if I can, if I know that I can eliminate an athlete who doesn't want to be in the program, great kid would have been a great fit. They just have decided I don't want to be in that part of the country, that type of school. I want something bigger. Then let's, and if they're willing to say no to you now for a sure thing in the hopes that something maybe hopefully someday will work out at another school, they weren't coming to your school. And if they were coming, they're not going to be happy. They're probably going to try to leave soon. And, and yeah. oh, we just don't want that, that athlete. Um, yeah. So that's the way that I would sort of approach the whole timeline deadline thing. I, I don't even like the word deadline. I like that, that our recruiting is wrapping up. It's the process. You don't even control it. It's just happening uh, that these kids are going to commit. Our scholarship money is going to be taken. If you want it, I want you to be here. If you don't, let me know, and we'll, we'll pull it back. Because what's happening in college athletics at all levels is athletes will say, I'm not ready. I'd lead them more time. And coaches, because they've worked so hard, they don't want that athlete to go away and they think they're being fair and nice. It's okay, yeah, take your time. We'll be here. You do that. They're in control of the process, which I, mean, I guess is fine if you want to let them be in control of the process. But for most coaches, that's the frustrating part is they're not in control. I They always need a little more time, a little more time, just a little more time, coach. And meanwhile, you're stressing because your roster is not filling up and you're waiting on them as opposed to other athletes that might be. Right. You're letting other athletes away. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the, the, the cure to it. And I will say too, on, on the website and even different times on the, on the podcast that we've gone through a lot of examples of how to do that. A lot of, um, uh, just a lot of examples and stories and and cool. sort of practical advice and on how to create that, uh, yeah. that social media and branding are becoming more and more important to college coaches around the country the resource more coaches are turning to than ever before preseason led by former coach jason schmidt along with the insights and strategy from dan tudor Preseason is helping coaches break through the clutter and reach their recruits in a way their competition just can't match. You should check it out, coach. Go to hellopreseason.com to see how they're doing it. And now, back to the show. Okay, so I didn't have this question beforehand, but I just thought of this. So we are having an elite camp on the just in a couple weeks on our campus. Um, most of the players coming are invited players. Uh, well, you know how it is with the league camps. You have a couple that just sign up, but in general, they're all can play here. Like for the most part, that's are going to be a pretty good camp. So my question to you is we've got about three and a half hours with them. We have a visit that, so the camp starts at one at 10 30, we offer a little campus tour, stuff like that for about an hour and a half or so for all of them as they're coming. So, you're me all of a sudden, what would you structure? What are the things you would definitely want to do during that day, during the visit? How would that look? Um, Cause it is a group visit per se, but you get them all on campus and then you got them playing and stuff like that. So what are some things you would incorporate that definitely be um, must haves? So, so the first thing, if I'm talking to that group at, at 1031, after they're gathered together is I'm saying the reason you're here and not only part of the camp, but that I'm taking time to do the tour is that each one of you 
is one of our top recruits that we want here. We've already decided that that you're good enough. And the camp, we're going to see more. It'll help us rank everybody. But you're here now because we want you. Um, yeah. That's number one because they have to know that they're there. I, I'm showing up, and maybe I think I'm only I'm just going to be just me, and I show up, and there's 14 other families there. Uh-oh, where do I stand? These guys look really good. I didn't, I, you know, that's all the self-doubt starts coming in. So we need to erase that. Reason number two, the reason I want to show you campus for just a little bit is that this, I'm thinking, could be your home in college. And I want to let you understand why our guys here that are already here playing for us love it here. And they, they love being here. And I explain a little bit of you know where they get to live and, and why they like it so much. So as I'm showing them, I'm always inserting, here's why my guys love it. Here's why, and they love eating here, here's why. They love hanging over here, and here's why. Um, here's the norms, here's why they, they, I hear them talking about the norms, here's what they love about them. I'm, there, I'm not there to get information from you if I'm a parent or an athlete. I'm there to get your opinion on why why I it and really what I should think about your campus and what's on it. Because again, I'm assuming that they've been on some pretty impressive campuses. Maybe that's newer, maybe the dorm is nicer, maybe the student union is bigger, all the stuff. So I want to explain, for instance, let's just say you're coaching at a small campus and they've been on some other bigger campuses. Mm -hmm. Here's what my guys love being on a small campus. Yeah. Explain it and come up with the best reasons and it's up to them as the prospect then to decide, yeah, I believe that. That's true. They have the 100% right to say, no, nah, coach, you're wrong. I want a big campus. Right. Okay. Then and maybe your campus, if you're you know, coaching someplace and you're at a bigger campus, here's why it's fantastic to be on, on a big campus. I'm giving right. the reasons why you should want to be here. Right. Um, and then I want to spend probably – I'm just showing them before the camp starts. I want to sit sit them down probably and um, and just talk. Even though it's in a group, it could be a little bit awkward just because of the fact that people you know sharing something with a bunch of strangers is hard. I still want to get an idea of um, what it is that they're either looking for or their biggest question coming in about about us at our school, our program, what's the biggest question that they're trying to figure out? You know, and I just, I would say to every, every, give me at least one thing that you're here trying to figure out. And you start by the end, you're going to start getting repeated answers, but yeah. I want to know what, what's on their mind. What, you know, what are their questions so that I can jump in and answer it. And I'm going to end it again with, again, the reason you're here is because we want you, we don't invite everybody to this. Um, yeah. Good program. It's a tough conference. It's, you know, and so yeah. not all of you are going to be here, but right now, as I look at you, everybody I think could play here. And that's what we're excited about. And so I'll be talking to each one of you individually afterwards about what are the next steps. And because, and I think it's fair to say, you know, things move pretty fast. And this is a destination school. A lot of our guys want to be here. Um, and I would even, I would probably even say to that group, some of you have already indicated that you really want to be here and you're excited to be at the camp. And I appreciate that because I want everybody else that's on the fence to say, oh, they want to be here. Maybe I should want to be here too. Right. So I want to direct feelings 
and um, and action as much as possible. Yeah. The, the worst thing, just real quickly, the worst thing that could happen is you go, you give a very average tour, you just walk around and show stuff, and it's long, and you know it's hot, you know, in the summer, and people are sweating, and now we jump into you know camp, uh, camp, and you didn't really take the time to get to know me or let me voice something or you know, I should have said at the beginning, you know, have everybody introduce themselves, where you're from, what's your position, um, yeah. you know, just something so that the, uh, um, so that they, you know, that they, they know that you're seeing them as an individual. It's the biggest problem with groups is that you can't talk one-on-one -on -one with me. And so I want a little bit of, of that. And I would, last thing is yeah. if possible to pick out parents and understand whose who's parents or who, if they stick around at the camp and they're watching it or they're around, you get the opportunity is to come up to the mom and dad or mom or dad mm -hmm. and say, hey, man, just wanted to let you know, Steven's so great. We're so glad he's here. Um, really yeah. like this about him. Um, and I just wanted to, because again, he's one of the top kids we're looking at. I just want to get with you real quick. What Any questions that I can just answer for yeah. you that you didn't want to ask in the group session? Yeah. Might be nothing, might be a little something. If it starts to go long, hey, let's, great questions. I got to get back to the camp, but let me call you this weekend and we'll talk more about it. those are great questions. And yeah. some way to connect, I think, because what we want out of this is to move the process forward. We want them to leave camp and we want them to all be fired up. We want them to all be yeah. thinking, I want to go to school there. I want to play for him. I want the right. parents. That and I wanted a contrast of maybe what they saw at other elite camps, which is a little more individualized, so right. that they they're driving off and they're trying to resort the order of their programs that they're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the way that, in general, I would approach it. So here's the that's great, that's awesome, that's really big, and I definitely be using some of those how we had thought we were going to do with the um, the tour part and see if this works with what you're kind of saying is we were going to divide. I don't know how many will end up taking the tour because not everybody that comes to camp will decide to do it because some have already went on a visit, so they may not do it, but some will. Um, so we have around 40-ish that'll be at the camp, which is a lot. Well, it's not. If you know much about elite camps, sometimes there's like 100 of these things. But um, we were going to divide it into three groups. I was going to stay in the gym and show the gym around, talk to those parents and the kids. So basically, I have a third of the group. A third of them will be in the dorms for a third of that hour and a half, whatever, with one of our players showing the dorm why they like it. And then a third would be with my assistant coach in admissions, actually doing a little brief tour of the main buildings on campus. Um, is that kind of doable with what you're thinking so that, you know, we still get them a little bit or any tweaks to that you might make? I would. Uh, so that definitely changes sort of the, the thinking of it. Um, I would, if you gave me a vote, I would yes. not do door number three, admissions and some of the academic buildings. Yes. You're looking at walking through empty hallways of classrooms with, you know, an admissions person. Yeah. And, right. you know, the, the, the saying in the South, you know, bless their heart. They try hard, but, <laughs> right. you know, I don't know if that's going to be the most scintillating conversation. Yes. Uh, so if by contrast, if you're going to have players there, yeah, uh, there you would, I would take mm -hmm. a collection of your players or mm -hmm. the ones that are available, especially if they're younger 
Right. And just do a little player panel. Okay. No coaches, just the parents, just the athletes get to ask players. And that's where you could even involve some of the older players about yeah. what they like there, why they made the decision to come there. If right. I, and I'm, I'm getting together with my players before the panel and say, look, here's some of the types of questions you're going to get. Here are the yeah. things to emphasize. You know, and I was pointing out, you know, for the players that are, you know, thinking, uh-oh, this kid, these kids could take my position. Right. Talk with them would go something like, you know, number one, point number one is my job is to recruit good players to play behind you so that when you're a senior, come off the bench and also on the court that are helping you get a championship under your belt, which is really cool to win at the college level. And that's why we're doing this. You want me to recruit good athletes. And plus, even though it's hard, they'll push you. And I want to recruit good players who are going to push you because that means you're going to get better. And so, but I I want to frame it that you're, I'm giving you the chance to help choose your future teammates through this. Yeah, we can talk afterwards. I'm gonna bring you back into my office, and you'll tell me which players sort of stood out. They had this question, yeah. that question. I give you a vote in it, and again, by doing that, you're engaging them in the program. They take some ownership of it, and I think they're going to take it more seriously and do a good job of answering questions. And if there are things that you want to make sure they emphasize in answering a question, go over that. Things to stay away from. Um, that type of thing, um, you know, then then you have a chance to sort of get with them. But I think doing it that way, that 30 minutes of that third would be way, way more scintillating. Than- I like that. Yeah, so um, that's really good because I'm not throwing our – our missions people are great, but they don't always understand the life of an athlete, what matters, and the process. Like they've told people come back six months from now. I'm like, we're done recruiting. Like you're telling people – wait their process out. And I'm like, what are you doing? But an average college student has a whole different process sometimes. And so I I agree as far as, so. And and I also jump in and say, you know, the most kids aren't going to want to talk to admissions personnel in that setting, the parents. So if you had, you know, one or two or three admissions personnel there near the camp that a parent could jump over on their own and yeah. and say, you know, I have a question or an athlete could come over and, and ask a question. Yeah. Available for that. That's, that would be a good resource. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's good. Well, you just retooled a little bit there, which is good. That's why I asked the question. I want to do it well. Um, how often do you try to stay in contact with athletes during the process? What's, what's that? Let's, well, let's throw out a sample one. Cause obviously every situation is different, but Let's say our typical process has been with our top 20, 24 recruits. We would have brought them in to play with our girls at the um, in, in spring. We typically try to have them come in because that's a good thing with NAI. They can play with our team. So they come in, they play with them, they do the visit. And then um, like you were saying, like we might do another visit later on. But um, how often once we make contact with them in, in the spring, how often should we communicate with them? What does that look like? Is it email? Is it letters? Kind of what, what's kind of that look like for you in the process? So I'll give you an hour and a half long answer in five minutes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Zoom call starts. But um, but in short, we what when we ask the athletes, and this is important to note that this is – I I would answer this completely different than the athletes are answering it. But when we ask them that – 
they want everything from a coach uh, to be consistent over a long period of time. Long period, if that's a five-month recruiting process, great. If that's 15 months, that's fine too. But they want consistency because what happens is coach starts off really good and I've run out of things to say and I'm just texting and calling a little bit. Especially in season, I get busy. There's no contact. And so as the, as the recruit and as the parents, I'm thinking, well, how serious are they? Have they, have they backed off and they're not interested anymore? I'm always usually going to take the, um, the worst case scenario if I'm the prospect or the parents that something must be wrong. They must not, we must not be very serious. That's, that is what athletes take out of non-contact is that's a program that's not very serious. So, but you you can't be calling and texting all the time because you also have to coach and have a life. So what they're, the, the, the fix for that is anything that goes out from you, from the program, emails and letters that tell the story of here's why you should come play for us and go to school here and what you're going to like about the area and trying to pick out some things that, that when we do focus group studies with our clients that, that their athletes always pick out, um, you may be justifying the degree there versus other schools. Like it has to go beyond just the sport. It has to be the entire reason I'm making the decision. Cause I'll tell you one thing I never have to coach basketball coaches up on is talking about basketball. You've got to keep doing it too. But also know that we ask a basketball player midway through their high school basketball season, um, what's something you're sick of thinking about and talking about? You know what the answer is? Basketball. Oh, <laughs> because yeah. it's, they're inundated with it all the time. Yeah. And they've got coaches saying, hey, how was your game? Here's how our game went. What's your next game? Here's who we've got. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. And over and over and over, coach after coach. And I get tired of you know answering that. And look, they're smart kids. They know my hey, coach is trying to keep in contact with me, but we're not talking about anything. I'm not, you're not giving them any reason right. doing that. Yeah. Like answering the question, why should I come compete for you? Why should I choose you? So mm -hmm. in the written messaging that we send, if it's focused on that and it's not long, and again, a lot of information on the website and all, a bunch of different resources on how to create a, 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 the right message, Yeah, but it should be short to the point. It should cover other things besides just the basketball because you're going to cover that. I, again, never have to worry about, you know, the basketball part not being talked about. Right. But things Because I think if you backed up, what you see is every coach, and not just basketball, let's take lacrosse. Every lacrosse coach talking only about lacrosse. And I now, as the prospect, have gone through the whole process. i got to make a decision. Nobody's told me why I should go there. They've told me what they have. They've told me you know, facts, but I don't need them for that. I can go on my phone and get the facts. Right. right? Tell me, here's why you should want this. Like going back to the campus visit as you're talking to athletes, here's why our guys love our gym. Here's yeah. why they love being on a smaller campus. And yeah. Surprise them about it. And well, that's what I need to know. I need to understand why, why should I pick you? And so that, and what they tell us the right frequency is, is about every six to nine days, I want the coach to send me something in writing about why I should choose them and what it is about their school. And again, not just from a basketball standpoint, but all the other ways that they'd be affected and impacted as a student athlete there. Yeah. Give me that coupled with your conversations 
bit more than just about who you play and here's who we've played, but you know, on just getting to know them. And, and if you're sending them that written information, they'll read it, they'll reread it, they'll read it again, they'll share it with their parents. And we begin to build a brand about like what it is about that school. And the other thing is you're going to be appearing to be, and probably, you know, genuinely the case, you're going to be appearing to be the one that is most interested in them and most taking the time to actually communicate with them. Because why yeah, have coaches yeah. given up on emails, letters, all the writing? Because, you know, it takes a long time. I don't have, I can just text them real quick or I'll jump on a call with them. That's right. so much easier. Well, guess yeah. what? The prospects know it is, it's easier too. So when you actually are the coach who writes something, yeah. it matters. And the other thing I've tried to point out to coaches and get them to understand is this generation, how are they communicating? It's through writing. They're texting each other. That's writing. I want to duplicate that. You and I, our age, our coaches, we want to jump on the phone and talk because this is a great conversation we've had. And it's so much better than texting or writing. Exactly. For our age, it is the best way to do it. For prospects, they have taken their whole world has been written communication back and forth and so let's mirror what they're familiar with where i can take in information i can read it reread it i can think about replying i'm not gonna reply right now second message yeah. i read it read it read it now i'm gonna reply but i'm gonna do it in writing when i i'm not gonna be put uh under the microscope on the phone i can take my time figure out what i want to say and then press send yeah. So there's a whole psychology about that that I wish coaches would understand more. So commit to writing something every, sending it to them every six to nine days. I'd say mostly email, a little okay. bit of written message uh, letters as well. Um, yeah. Throw those away. And if if a coach is hearing this or you're hearing this, you say, well, I sort of gave up on email because they don't read emails. They don't read the emails or letters because it sounds too much like a mass message. I want you to talk like you really talk. Right. Basically, you could say, what would I text? How would I text them? I'm just going to put that in an email now. Yeah. Versus longer, um, very casual language, invitation. Hey, get back to me when you can. I'd love to hear what you think about what I just said. Yeah. If I do it like that, then they'll respond. If I do something more formal, you know, we here at such and such college take great pride in developing student <laughs> athletes and individuals that are going to be leaders in the future. No, 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 no. I just, I'm tuning you out because that's not how I, that's not how my friends have communicated with me in a written right. way my whole life. So I know you're yeah. fake. Right. So it has to be genuine. That's awesome. No, that's really good. Well, um, so you would replace probably a lot of the text messaging that our, we do as coach or some of it, at least with emails and the written part, as far as replacing some of that or. It, it, well, I text them and call them all you want, but if we're trying to sell the school or sell an idea or we're passing along a link or something, yeah. that's where it, it's a real fine line. Like when you start getting into selling them via text message, that's, that's tough what text messages are for this generation, which is that's my personal communication. This is you and I being friends and getting to know each other. Right. You're trying to sell me and it gets a yeah. little bit salesy. I'm yeah. you're, you're violating that. So but if you can keep it to email, they see that is okay is what you're saying. And the athletes have told us the one of the best they've said that one of the best ways to 
to sell us or recruit us in the process is by email because I can put my emails over here in this little category and I can check in every four or five days and I'll read it, but it doesn't interrupt my life. Right. Um, so, and again, if you're worried about them not not engaging with um, with that uh, with emails, and you're a coach that says, or a coach listening to this might say. I just I give up because I just don't get replies to emails. They don't read them. Well, they're not reading them for the reasons I just said. But the other right. thing is, I at the beginning of the process or whenever I start doing this, saying, "Hey, look, I'm going to commit to writing you a lot. I'm going to do that a lot by email. Once in a while, I'll send something through the mail. Make sure you check your emails at least once a week, um, and get back to me. I want to have a conversation with you. I'm, you know, again, you're important to me. So I'm a coach who's going to devote some time to that." So I really want you to understand what we're all about here. And if you do that, yeah. it should they should have a better chance of engaging. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. And do us a solid, Coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Oh.